0: The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. You know a spot. But not just
1: a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu.
2: From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fired. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs on the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise, be smart, be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter and daughter told the ancestors and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands they said you would come dropping gem, dropping gem.
3: hey welcome back to another episode of the dropping gems podcast i am your host debbie brown as always thank you for walking into the room settling down getting rooted, getting connected. This is a soft place to land. We explore higher consciousness on this show and ways to make it applicable, tangible, and transformative in our everyday lives. Ah, at the time of this recording, wow, it is the holiday season. So we are in the thick of a lot of different kinds of energy and something I've been thinking about a lot is grace. I've been thinking about all the definitions of grace, all the ways that we may personally define it, may personally apply it to our lives. And I've also been thinking about what we sometimes consider worthy of grace and what we don't. So I wanted to take time this episode and just explore and unpack some thoughts that I have around cultivating more grace for the challenging people in our lives and why ultimately that is such a gift to us and such a benefit to our day-to-day. So when we think about grace, right? That word, uh, when I was younger, I didn't really understand what that word meant uh, in application, right? Like grace. having grace over my life or moving with grace or, you know, it seemed like this very regal but ethereal quality that didn't quite have uh, directions on how to embody or how to apply it, especially as it relates, if you've had a life with complex experiences, you know, people talk about words like forgiveness. They talk about words like grace. But when you think about how to apply it to some of the things you may have experienced or some of the ways that you feel about yourself, it can feel so elusive. It can feel so confusing and so strange. So I think about grace a lot. You know, uh, I'm into all the things. And so Many, many years ago, one of the books that I was reading that you kind of plug in your birth information or you use your numerology. And I remember I, you know, I did do, 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 did all the computation of (laughs) what mine was and the page that I landed on in this book, it said that my path is called the way of grace and that the lessons that I was meant to learn in this life was really all about no matter what I experience, working to keep my heart open and working to really exist and walk on and extend a path of grace. And I remember reading that and really resonating with it. It felt very aligned with what the flow and the history of my life had been, um, the ways I naturally felt in my heart. But also it felt um, hmm, confusing, you know? It felt like, well, what does that fully mean? And damn, why do I have to be on this path of forgiveness? (laughs) You know, I think sometimes that can come into our awareness um, as you're on the journey and as you are really being called to embody qualities and characteristics that are not always role modeled for you and that are not always shared with you by other people. It can feel very confusing to be called to embody ways of being and practices that are not also being extended to you. And we've explored this in a few different ways on this show. It's is—it's the piece that I think many of us who choose to make this journey one that is lasting throughout your life, I think exploring the challenges of being in an, in an unconscious world with millions to billions and billions of unconscious people who just, this is not their lifetime to do the work. It just may not happen. You know, finding ways to be okay with that, to also accept it fully and not be really moved by it. Um, I think that's lifelong work for everyone who's on an awakened path or on a path of healing and wholeness or on a path of just wanting to be more and live differently. It's something that we'll always be exploring with ourselves and others that to a certain degree, we'll always be negotiating and kind of checking in with self. But the thing that really helps that process as we find ourselves in the thick of it It is extending grace to ourselves for the frustration that will naturally and surely arise. And it's important that we're in constant observation and negotiation around how to really embody and extend it to other people. That's what closes the circle. You know, you come into a higher awareness. You... Slay your dragons, much like the alchemist says. You come into new ways, and then to complete that circle and cycle, we are each in our own unique ways called to teach it to others, to share it with others, to help other people get free. To do that, it also means that very often we have to submerge ourselves in even. The environments that can feel most triggering um, in a safe way, not in a way that dishonors you, not in a way that causes you harm, not in a way that uh, causes you mental, emotional, or or physical anguish, but in the ways that say, okay, this person may never change. It's not at the level that I want to completely cut them out of my life. So, how do I come into grace and see the unique experience they're having? And also really come into a space of understanding that I'm sure that hurts, you know, Um, understanding that for people that love you, watching you grow and transform in ways that maybe they are not able to, or at least at this moment are not able to, it does hurt. You know, someone is feeling outpaced and I've just found that in fighting the initial natural response of feeling offended by that or feeling like someone doesn't want you to do well and switching it to the lens of understanding how confusing that can be for people that cannot do the same things you're doing. It shifts it for everyone. It shifts it for you. It brings you into peace. It takes the edge off. It stops making everything so personal. And it extends a grace to another person and extends to them the dignity of their own process without judgment. Now, even within that, we can still make the choice of, do I want to deal with this? That's a preferential choice that we each have the right to make. Just because someone is struggling, just because we can identify with what may or may not be hurting, or just because we can say well, because this happened to them or that happened. We can still have a choice of if we want to deal with it or not. And it doesn't have to make anyone a quote unquote bad person. It doesn't have to make anyone um, not empathetic. You know, as long as you're not causing harm, as long as you're not trying to exasperate, uh, exacerbate someone else's wound, you have a right. To remove people from your life for your peace. You have a right to remove anyone from your life for any reason. But checking in with self, checking in that it's not just your own wound, checking in that it's not just ego is really important on the journey. Otherwise, if we are making choices that are based out of ego, if we are making choices that are based out of our wounds, very often we will find ourselves continuing the pattern continuing the cycle and having more and more opportunities to break out of it. And those more and more opportunities look like more and more challenge until we decide to make another choice. I think it's important that we get to the fibers of, on our journey, get into a practice of extending grace to other people and Practice being a safe space for others. Again, and I'm always going to frame it this way not in a way that dishonors you, not in a way that you are forced to endure something, but in a way that is a position of you're not operating out of void, you're not operating out of emptiness. And so anything you are extending to another person, be it grace, be it joy, be it wisdom. It's coming from your excess. It's coming from your overflow. It is not coming from the parts of you you need to sustain or keep yourself moving. So I want to try to talk about a couple ways that I look to personally move into grace with people when I deal with challenges. Because, good Lord, I am alive in this wild west that is earth as well. and. I experience, you know, a lot of people in crisis and a lot of people in their wounds, a lot of people that are projecting. And it is a lot of energy and it is, it can be frustrating, irritating, you know, all the things for all of us. But I found that with certain practices, one, instead of having maybe, you know, multiple daily experiences of that kind of frustration or that, feeling that can feel, uh, overwhelming of just not being with like-minded people that are behaving in the way that you are, see the world that you see it in the way that you do. Um, you know, instead of having kind of multiple experiences of that throughout the day, or instead of it, you know, having those kind of, um, maybe more karmic or historic relationships in your life where, for months, for years, for long stretches of time, you're just you know in kind of deep disease around it. Uh, what I found is that you know through through inviting in different practices of compassion and you know really intentionally choosing to put on that lens of grace to see through um, it really brings that down quite a bit. It makes life so much more enjoyable um, it allows you to also have more enjoyment with others because you're trusting people to be themselves. You're also extending grace for the fact that very honestly and truly, if, if they could do better, they would. Um, and it's just seeing people kind of for their strengths and Really understanding their limitations. So, you're not having an expectation of people that they can't fulfill, and you're not giving them things to do that they can't. You know, Um, so what you're requiring, what you're looking to receive in return from someone changes because you're filling so many of your own needs yourself, and you've opened yourself to new experiences with new connections, relationships, friend groups. So, it's such, it's such a benefit. And I think so often when we're on the journey and you know, you're kind of chewing on understanding forgiveness in your life for all of the ways in which you may need to apply that or consider it, um, I think one of the most frustrating things is that you think, well, I did it, so why can't they? Well, I did. I did the hard work. I put it in. We are fundamentally different. You know, even if we're having the same shared experience, we're each experiencing it differently based on how we entered the room, you know, based on what our life's challenges were. And it's not as simple as, well, we grew up in the same house. You know, we went to the same school. We were in the same neighborhood. We're the same. It's not true. It's not true. You don't ever know what was going on behind closed doors with another person. You don't know what they were experiencing 24-7. We have thousands of thoughts a day. We have thousands of experiences a week. You know, it's it's not that simple. And most people never talk about half, not even 90% of the things they do say or, you know, otherwise. And so we just don't know. And we also don't know, how is that person emotionally supported? You know, really think back about people. You know, think about, think about their parents. Think about their grandparents. Think about the kind of experiences they've had. If these people matter to you and, and you want them to be in your life, but you're hitting a wall with them, really try to see them through the lens of what their life has looked like and what their lived experience has looked like. Um, you know, very often, and, and this was something I had to come into myself because for many years I was one of those people who I've always on the, been on this path of just heightened resilience. My God. Um, and I've always been, you know, on a path of exploration. And so I kind of took it for granted how naturally I was drawn to that. And not that any of the work that I've done was easy, but it was always something I desired to do. And I had to really look at the fact that that is not the case for most people. And that added level of enthusiasm, that added level of endurance, is what made the difference for me to keep going. It's also my personal destiny. It's part of my individual dharma or purpose. You know, it's it's written in the stars for me. I'm meant to work on myself and then share that knowledge with others. Um, that's my calling, and that's not the same with everyone. So I can't judge what they've done or not based on how i measure myself in my life we're just different even if i have ever had or held the you know the belief or expectation that well i've gone through so much more than that than they have and look i'm i'm this way i just don't know enough i just don't know i don't know and also it doesn't matter I have to run my own race. Each of us does. We each have to lock into what the truth of our lives are. And being able to turn that energy back inward is just so beautiful. It frees you. It frees others. It creates the distance to where they don't feel like you're trying to overpower them. You're not pitying them. You're not trying to force something on them. And they can just kind of behold you and see wow, how, how are the choices that they're making playing out in their lives? Let people observe you over time. You have to prove this case study correct too. You know, you have to change your life and not just learn something and then regurgitate those words to another person and want them to know what to do with it. You know, be be the change you, you wish to see, as Mahatma Gandhi would say. Um, You know, it's important. And the more you just focus on your practices, embodying your work, the more you begin to live it. And then you find that you don't have to convince anyone and you don't have to over explain 24-7. People that are meant to change in this life, but specifically people that are meant to glean wisdom from you that is in service to them and their unique needs, They'll do it in their time simply by watching you. And if they want your help, they will ask when they're ready. But we have to kind of stop forcing our healing on other people and forcing consciousness on other people. It only does you a disservice. That's not how the flow works. And none of us are God. And even if it is for their highest good, for their best self, even if they have to choose it.
0: The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides. Loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt, and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season.
4: Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC.
3: to share a couple things that that aid me from time to time. You know, there are times that this doesn't sink in with as much ease. There are times that you know uh, you got to try new things to kind of bring yourself back to center when you're in challenging environments with other people. Um, but these are a start. And so I want to kind of share with you some of the ways that I practice this, but kind of in an evolutionary viewpoint. So probably seven to eight years ago, I was really struggling with feeling frustrated that people made poor choices in their lives. And especially when people made poor choices and it negatively affected me uh, or painfully affected me. and. I remember this thought occurred to me of, can you think of people you dislike the most as children? And is there a space in your heart that you can find love and compassion for them or at least not look at them through the lens of animosity or anger? And, you know, I remember once a therapist that I had uh, around that time, she had said to me, you know, if only everyone spoke to themselves the way you'd speak to a three-year-old. And I thought about that so often, and I would kind of be in my car driving alone, and I'd play with that. Like, how do I talk to a three-year-old? Now I have a child, so I know. But at the time, I didn't. And, you know, what I realized is, well, the way we talk to a three-year-old, it's enthusiastic. It's encouraging. It's with a guidance. the way healthy adults speak to three-year-olds, it's with non-judgment. It's with support, acceptance, wonder, curiosity. You know, if I, if I saw a three-year-old child who was being down on themselves, you know, you'd want to do nothing more but help them to see the truth of who they are, their beauty, their value. Um, you know, and if if a three-year-old was throwing a tantrum, you'd be like, "Yeah, they're being three. Is it kind of annoying? Yeah, do I want to hear this? Yeah. But also they're three, and they have to feel what they feel, and it's not an attack on me, you know. Um, and I think with a three-year-old also, if you met a three- year- old that was scared or that was fearful of anything, I know, speaking for myself, I dart in immediately. Whether it was my child or a child I saw fearful on the street, and I would, I would try to comfort them. I would try to find them safety. Um, I would try to speak life into them. And so when I when I started thinking about that after she said that, I said, okay, let's see if you can really put your money where your mouth is, and if you can apply this to people you dislike. So I started. A little bit of a meditation practice for myself where anytime someone that for me felt really harmful would enter my mind and my thoughts, um, especially when it came to some of the smaller stuff, like this is great to start small with. You may not want to revisit right away, you know, um, maybe someone that that was really negatively impactful in your life. You may have to work your way up to that. Um, You can get there. But maybe it's just starting with that coworker that gets on your nerves. You know, maybe it's starting with um, the smaller kind of more inconsequential relationships. But you would close your eyes and you would bring them to the forefront of your mind and you would try as best as you can to think of them as a child and to see them through the lens of their most pure state before the rest of life happened. Um, Something I've just come to know so deeply is that when we see the most angry, the most embittered, um, the most harmful people, I just often think of how much I can imagine of the ways that they felt alone when they were in the most crucial years of their life, as their identity was being formed, as their empathy was coming online, as their self-love was meant to be expanded. Um, And you just think, wow, what didn't they receive? My God, you know, and I know that that doesn't always feel like it will work. Some people behave really deplorably, um, irregardless of the reason why they do it. It affects us and it's challenging. Um, But this practice, though it may not feel like it can make sense for everyone, it's really about alleviating More of your internal suffering. This is less to do with them. Extending grace to another extends grace to yourself in some of the deepest ways you could ever imagine. So that was where I started. And I spent a lot of years in that practice. And it brought me a lot of peace. It allowed me to at least really rest in a more expanded, zoomed out view of. The greater experiences that people are having. And it helped me not take everything so personally, even when it felt really personal, even when people are projecting on you or actually seeking to do things that are hurtful to you. So that's where my practice started. And then, you know, the more I expanded in my own personal practice of inner child healing, my own noticing of my shadows and all the crevices that I needed to dive into with my own darkness and my own experiences, the more I just really had a deep reverence for how much this work really requires of someone and how divinely orchestrated my life was to allow me to find this work and what a privilege it is to heal. And that has helped me a lot. Um, That mixed with boundaries, because when you stop having to take it on the chin so much, when you are in your personal life a lot more fulfilled and fueled, you're not as movable to the disruptions of others. You're not as movable to the toxicity, the dysfunction of other people. Um, And it makes it so much more tolerable and it allows you to control how much access it really has to you. So a big part of being able to have grace for others is also creating the life that you're actually worthy of. So being in your daily practices so you are emotionally regulated, when you're in a place of emotional regulation, um, when your nervous system is soothed, you're not getting rocked all over the place. You're Someone else's dysfunction is not triggering a wound that already existed inside of you before they did. So that's a really important place to start your day from in general. And that's why having a daily practice and especially starting your day with meditation is one of the most foundationally powerful things you can do for your life. It's a must. It's not a luxury. It really is a requirement for being on this path in a way that's sustainable, in a way that honors you, in a way that allows you to grow into your purpose and to expand the love that you have to give and the love that you should be receiving. Uh, So those practices, that meditation, starting an emotional regulation, and then really spending time with what irritates you. So stop trying to just necessarily throw it back, blame the other person, but really sit and say, what exactly is so frustrating about the way this person is choosing to behave. And then you come into choice because you either choose to set new boundaries and create new pathways in your life that have more people that are equally yoked with you, or you get to the deeper truth of yourself, which is what is the work that still needs to be done inside of you? Because why are you being moved in this way? Um, And if this person is irritating you in this way, when was the first time you were upset? About what's coming up for you now. What age was that at and what person was that? You know, getting it back to your origin story is so important. That's where you find your power. That's where you harness your power. That's where you're able to release, transcend, transform, elevate. It's really powerful work. So let's spend some time right now in just a very brief, brief, brief practice of tasting compassion herself and others. And as we go into this next few minutes, I also want to invite you to consider in whatever ways this is possible, um, maybe bookmarking this episode and coming back to the last few minutes and doing this every day. If there's a curriculum in your life, spiritually, that you're currently working on, if there are specific people that come to mind for you make it a process. It's not just going to happen this first time, but consider walking through a meditation like this and journaling and doing some of these practices over a length of time and after a month, after a few weeks, after a year, then look up and see how am I relating to this dynamic now? Have am I able to see and track a certain amount of growth in myself, you know? What what miracles can I notice here? What awarenesses can I come into? All right, let's take root wherever you happen to be, as long as you are not driving and as long as this is safe, I invite you in this moment to gently close your eyes, to come into your body, to connect here to your breath. and notice that flow in and out. And in this space, I want you to allow your body to become even more relaxed. Your spine is straight and supportive and strong. Your belly is soft. Your heart is open. Your shoulders and your jaw are relaxed. The tension in your hips is released. And take a nice deep inhale through your nose here. And release. I want you to bring, in this moment, yourself to mind as a three-year-old child. And I want you to hold that three-year-old close to your body, hugging them like an unconditionally loving, nurturing mother. And I want you to slowly bring that three-year-old you right into the center of your heart. Let's take another deep breath here. And I want you to look at that three-year-old you with deep compassion, with a reverence for things that they've walked to and who they became to this moment. I want you to bring this three-year-old into your view and imagine yourself cupping their cheeks, holding their face so gently, so lovingly, looking closely at them into their eyes. And really sending a feeling of love, sending a feeling of compassion Sending a deep, intuitive knowing into them about who they are. And just let yourself enjoy this here. Feel whatever comes up. And as you connect to that feeling, (sighs) allow yourself here to now allow that three year old you to just rest in your heart. Just resting and clearing out of your awareness. And now I want you to think of someone that is currently bringing frustration into your life or an irritation or an upsetness, a dis-ease, someone that feels intolerable to your spirit right now. For whatever reasons, and you know, for some of us, it may be some deeper reasons. It may be someone in your life over time. And for others, it could just be a complicated relationship or perhaps someone that may not be causing harm, but it's just not sitting well with your spirit. I want you to just think of now, whoever that person is for you. And I want you to see them as they are now in whatever form they currently reside in. And I want you to just notice here what you're feeling in your heart, what you're feeling in your body to see them. And it's okay, don't judge yourself. Whatever words happen to be coming up, that's more than fine. All right. And now I want you to see Them with some of the underlying pain or self hate or rejection that they may be feeling about themselves and their lives inside. I want you to see more of the truth of their life and their behavior. So hold here, connecting to your heart and your intuition as you think of them, and just notice what comes up. And now if you can, I want you to try to envision a three-year-old version of them. Just really starting to work with language, their most tender self. The vulnerability of year three. The amount of need that they have to be supported, to be loved, to be guided, to be cared for. And imagining that some of those needs weren't met for a three-year-old. Imagine bringing them in now, that three-year-old them, right into the center of your heart where you just were. And I want you to imagine if you had met them at age three, before life had happened, as your current adult self, what would you see in them? How would you treat them? What would you say? I want you to invoke in your body the feeling of compassion, the feeling of empathy, the feeling of love, and just notice. Notice anything that is coming in your heart. Notice anything that is coming into your mind. As you see this person, I want you to try to beam to them a feeling of compassion or love that maybe they've never known or maybe they've gotten and for whatever reasons have never allowed themselves to receive from others. And I want you to imagine sending them that energy now. Allowing yourself to release their image, release them from your heart, send them back to where they are with love, cutting that cord of connection. And I want you to say silently, internally, My intention is grace. My intention. For myself and others is grace. My intention is compassion. My intention for myself and others is compassion. My intention is to radiate love. My intention is to radiate love. Let's take a deep inhale here, nostril breath in through your nose. We'll do another inhale here in through your nose, but it will be out of your mouth with a sigh. Beginning your inhale, hold it. Hmm. <sighs> Spend time with this if it felt like a resource um, that can benefit you. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Go ahead and drop a five-star review if you get a moment. Write a review. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you're moving with. Uh, And please share this episode with a friend if you think it resonates. All right. I'll be back next week. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jack please and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
5: Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.
0: Even though Tariq St. Patrick was betrayed and almost taken out last season, He's not totally on his own in the final season of Power Book Two: Ghost. For better or for worse, his partner in the drug game, Braden Weston, is his ride or die, and it's them against the world. But when Braden goes all in on this life, Tariq has to recast the wonder, is there really room for both of them at the top? Power Book Two: Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app.